0: If you have your Bibles today and would like to turn with me, I'm going to read from 1 Kings chapter 21. I apologize again from the apple glowing in your face this morning. We have had internet trouble, and uh, I couldn't get online, nor could I even print this morning. So we're going to speak directly off of the computer. Can it be anointed? First Kings chapter 21. I'm going to read. Three verses here, and we'll see what the Lord has to say to us. 1 Kings chapter 21. I've spoken from this passage in times past this morning. I want to come from a little different angle on 1 Kings 21. Verse number 1, and it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, hard by the place of Ahab king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth saying give me thy vineyard that I may have it for a garden of herbs because it is near unto my house and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it or if it seems good to thee I will give thee the worth of it in money. And Naboth said to Ahab the Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. It's not for sale. It's not for trade. Even if you come telling me it's better, I'm not selling out. I'm going to hold on to what's rightfully mine. I want to preach to you a little while today the challenge of ownership the challenge of ownership Lord help us this morning to be able to speak what you have laid upon our heart God that you would impact and impress upon this congregation the word that you have impressed upon my heart over the last few days and Lord I pray this morning that as we speak that our hearts may be Lord moved to the point of response from your word by your spirit we pray and ask these things in Jesus name let everybody say amen God bless you you may be seated I'm going to do my best this morning to not be extremely long. There's activities that's going to be happening afterward uh, out in the four-year, and I know everyone wants to be part of helping our youth program. They've got a big event coming up this year, and uh, they want to be able to help as many uh, families as they possibly can, as many young people as they possibly can. So I want to preach to you this morning on the challenge of ownership. Ownership is something that... Um, some of us take very lightly, yet when you speak to people that uh, have never owned, maybe they've never owned a home, ownership becomes quite a different view in their mind, or maybe they've never owned a car. And so for some of us that's very difficult to to understand, but ownership can be can be so very uh, different in the view of those who have lacked, ownership. Uh, I read a little story and I, don't, I usually don't tell many jokes from the pulpit. Um, I'm not much of a jokester, but occasionally <coughs> I will read something that will kind of strike me. And I, I read a little story that I thought I would share with you this morning about a man that was on vacation and he was strolling alongside his hotel in Acapulco. He was enjoying the sunny Mexican weather And suddenly uh, something caught his attention and it was the screams of a woman. And she was kneeling in front of her child. The man knew enough Spanish to determine that the boy had swallowed a coin. And so the man ran over to where the child was and he picked the child up by the heels and he held him upside down, gave him a few shakes and an American quarter pops out of the lad's throat and onto the sidewalk. The lady knew enough English to be able to speak to the man, and she said, oh, thank you, sir. Uh, you, you, know just, you knew just how to get that quarter out of him. Are you a doctor? And the man said, no, ma'am. I'm with the United States Internal Revenue Service. it's just past tax time for some of us it's really funny now how many of you really fight for every penny that belongs to you from the irs i I know i do i i mean i'm i'm looking between the I'm, i'm pulling cushions out of the couch looking for more receipts Whatever I can do to try to advantage myself, I'm, I'm trying to advantage myself because that, that payment every year uh, becomes quite, uh, quite pressing. You know, when it comes to money, we all have a tendency to, um, to have a little more tenacity than other things. But yet, when it comes to spiritual matters, we so often allow the enemy to order us around, to direct us, to tell us what we're going to do or how we're going to respond. But yet, let somebody touch our money and we very quickly will set the record straight. That's mine. Got in my truck the other day. I had... 2 or $3 that was rolled up in the center console where I keep some change and I didn't remember putting it there but I'm driving down the road and my boys were in the car and I saw that money there and I knew it wouldn't be there long. So I'm casually sitting down my McDonald's Coke and letting my hand slide over very casually like I did to my wife's hand on our first date. Almost as if This is really not happening, but I'm about to do it. And I slipped those dollar bills into my hand. About that time, the voice came from the back seat. That's mine. I quickly turned loose and pulled my hand back and said, of course it is yours. What did you think I was going to take it? This week has been a challenging week. The last two or three weeks have been very challenging for me personally, this week has been an incredibly challenging week, particularly when it comes to some major issues with the church, and uh, it has been a very, very trying week for me on several different levels, and it has pushed me to a place of prayer and a place um, maybe that I need to go more often, looking very deep within myself and Uh, I must admit there have been moments that I have questioned, I've questioned the Lord, Uh, I've asked for direction, I've asked how to handle uh, some of the situations that have been presented to me this week, particularly dealing with the upcoming building project and some of the business matters that have been extremely stressful and uh, dealt with a particular situation uh, in this matter, this week, it was I was actually caught off guard, and um, Thursday was met with some some situations that. Uh, pardon me for being vague, but I'm I want to tell the story as clearly as I can without saying things that perhaps I shouldn't say this publicly this morning. But um, I was met with some situations that was less than favorable. Uh, I felt was even perhaps unprofessional. I was caught off guard. Um, I was met with questions uh, at moments that I was not expecting it. Um, maybe even intentionally caught off guard with some of these things. And uh, by the end of Thursday evening, things were beginning to look very bleak. As a matter of fact, I, my wife and I, drove out and we sat and had a conversation. Uh, with uh, Brother Price and, uh, and Brother Dan, and we just talked for a little while, and, and uh, probably without me saying it, they both could sense, and I know my wife knew that I was dealing with discouragement and feeling even a little bit of defeat and feeling a little deflated, worried, uh, if you please, about uh, the outcome of the day and what it could mean for our future. And so as I am struggling and dealing uh, with some of these things. My wife and I left to drive home and uh, she had pledged that she was going to go to the Lord in prayer and uh, an unplanned meeting was scheduled for Friday evening and I was going to have to go into this meeting. It was going to be one of the most stressful meetings perhaps that I've been in in a very very long time and uh, so I was getting ready to go into this meeting and I had been distraught uh, all through the night. I prayed. I prayed for our church. I prayed for several of you, uh, many of you. I I spent some time here even at the church itself, walking through the building and just praying and asking God to help and help what we're doing and our vision and our plans and the future. And, and um, when I came home on Friday and began to prepare to Uh, go into this meeting, my wife met me, she came walking up and she was dressed very nice, of course she usually is, but she met me uh, at the door and she had purse in hand and she was walking with a lot of confidence and I said, wow, you look great today and she said thank you, Uh, I said, well, I've got to get ready to go to this meeting and she said, I know and I'm going with you. I said, well, that's good. I'm, I'll be glad to have you go with me. And so we walked out of the door and started walking out to the truck and she reached in and she pulled out a handkerchiefs and she said, put this somewhere. And uh, I knew what that meant in our house. Uh, that meant that there had been some prayer that had been going up and there had been a handkerchief that had been anointed that day, maybe by her and some, maybe some others that had gathered for prayer. And uh, so 24 hours of prayer and some fasting and some seeking the Lord. And uh, I got in my truck and it opened the glove compartment of my truck and I saw a handkerchief. I just closed it. I said, okay, God, I know my wife's at it again. And so uh, I, we, we got in the car. She said, just so you know, she said, we're walking into this meeting. And she said, I've got my Bible and I've got my notes from the last 24 hours written in my, written in my Bible. And she said, I've got some anointed cloths and there's been a group of people that's been praying. And we're believing that God's going to turn this situation around. And then she started speaking specifically to me. And uh, she said a few things to me and and we didn't have long, uh, but she spoke a few words to me. And she said, first of all, I want you to know that I believe in you and I believe in what you're doing. And God has ordered your steps. God has put a plan in place, And uh, she said, here's what you've got to understand. She said, God gave you authority. She said, let me remind you on that key ring that you have in front of you is, uh, is a key that is hanging there that you said that God spoke to you and God gave you authority over this city and over the powers and the spirits that could come against you. And she said, what you dealt with yesterday was an all-out attack. It was sent to you from hell itself to try to break down your confidence and to cause you to stop feeling like you were walking in authority. And all of a sudden, man, I started feeling better. And I walked into that meeting with my wife in tow, and we walked in and sat down in this meeting, and I was prepared for the absolute worst news. And as the meeting began to unfold and the hour was growing late and I was unclear and uncertain of exactly what was going to happen, uh, there was a shift in the whole presence of that room. Now, some of you I know are going to look at me a little strange, but I'm going to tell you that in about 30 seconds, the temperature in that room rose about 10 degrees, Now I'm not suggesting that in order for the presence of God to show up that there has to be a physical manifestation of warmth in a room. But I will tell you that it did happen. And at that very moment, there was a shift that came over that room and who 24 hours earlier was dealing with me from a very uh, strong, very arrogant, very uh, powerful point of view All of a sudden was broke down as the the whole tone changed in the meeting. And I, I looked across the desk and I realized that I was speaking to them with authority as if I was in charge of the meeting. And I wasn't in charge of the meeting, but I was speaking to them as if I was in charge of the meeting and began to tell them what we expected them to do. And as I spoke with that authority to them and there was a shift came in the room, I said, oh, Jesus, either I'm about to get blasted or you're about to really show up. Tears filled the eyes of, the, uh, of two people sitting across the desk from my wife and I. And all of a sudden their eyes filled with tears. And a lady said, uh, I've got to ask you some questions. I want to know what makes what's going on at Christian Life Church different. They who 24 hours earlier was saying, I don't see it. We don't have the faith that you have. As a matter of fact, the vision that you have will never come to pass. They looked at me and said, We've tried every way to figure out how this can't come to pass. But in the last 24 hours, there has been a shift. And the entire committee realizes that we cannot say no to you because God is doing something in you, through you and through your church that is unstoppable. Somebody ought to give God praise. Hallelujah. The next. The next fifteen or twenty minutes that my wife sat there, the next question out of her mouth said, "Well, I may as well go ahead and, t- and ask the question. We've been talking. We've got to understand some things about your church that we really don't understand." And in the next fifteen minutes, a lady broke down and she said, "You know, the church that I've been going to. She said the pastor had an affair. This happened. That happened. My kids are questioning. She said my daughter came in with all of this, uh, w- with all of this." Jenner thing that had been going on said I she's confused in her mind the leaders in her life have all fallen apart she said I've heard some things that's going on at your church and this is what I want to tell you the next time you have something going on at your church that includes your young people I want you to come give me an invitation I will see to it that my 17 year old daughter will be present at Christian Life Church what a change in 24 hours that prayer can do when people refuse to roll over and play dead but stand up and say God has given us the authority and the power and God is for us and if God be for us who can be against us? Who can be against us? I'd rather have the favor of God than the favor of 10,000 people. Give me the favor of God and we will win our world. I walked into that meeting, I felt a little childish. When I walked into that meeting, I walked in with absolute confidence that about 20 minutes earlier I was not feeling. But after a little pep talk, you know, it's good to have that God gives you a helpmeet. And for those of you that live for God and your spouse doesn't live for God, I want you to know I pray for you on a regular basis that God would, that you would find strength through the church. But if you have a spouse that lives for God and gives you a word of encouragement and tells you once in a while, come on, you're going to be able to make it. I remember one time I looked at my wife. I was ready to give up and throw in the towel and quit. And she looked at me and she said, I didn't marry a loser. And I didn't marry a quitter. It gave me the courage to get up and keep going. You ought to thank God every day that you have somebody that is encouraging you and pushing you to live for God and continue to serve God and not quit. After that conversation, I walked into that meeting. And I kind of walked into the meeting with, a, with an attitude that kind of says, you're not going to take from me what's already been given. It doesn't matter if you tell me you're going to give me something better. Now let me get in my text this morning. Because the scripture said that there was a man that had a vineyard. Ahab came to Naboth and said, I will buy your vineyard. I, I want your vineyard because it's closer to my home. I want more territory that is close to where I am. And Naboth said, Listen to me, my grandfather gave me the vineyard, and the vineyard is not for sale. I'll trade you another one for it. He said, I'm not getting rid of what has been handed to me because Ahab had a concept, had an idea that something had been given to him. Earlier this week, I ran into a situation and there was a boldness that had come over me I told you I've had the last three weeks from you know where I have dealt with all sorts of things I'm driving down the road and somebody began to speak to me and they've gotten involved into uh, a a crime and violence gang and they were talking to me and uh, in the process of talking to me I I sense there is a spirit in this conversation And during the course of conversation, uh, the gentleman said to me uh, in the next few days, uh, matter of fact, I believe it is perhaps even today, uh, that uh, there was a particular person that is a high-ranking person in their gang over some of the crimes, some of the drugs and prostitution that they are are purporting, that they are uh, advocating, and that they were coming into our city. It needs to cause some of you to get stirred up. They're driving into our city. And when they get into our city, that they're coming here to execute business and to, to overrule. And in the process of doing so, they referred to the person as the bishop. And I listened to the course of conversation, and the moment that they said that, Bishop, I knew that they were dealing with spiritual authority. And they began to share with me that they were coming into town because they were sitting setting up in our little community here in Frankfurt. That they are setting up some uh, some posts and some out uh, some outposts that they were going to uh, begin some extension networks, and they were going to take over this region with. Authority, And they were going to begin to uh, bring their drugs into this region. And they were going to begin to promote prostitution through certain of these things. And they're, they're getting ready to set some of these elements up. And that they were coming into town. And so at first I didn't say anything. And I just sat there for a little bit and heard the conversation. I was not part of the conversation. I heard someone telling someone else about the conversation. And I, I just kind of sit. there idly by as if I was not hearing what was being said and so the conversation goes on and it goes on and a little while later uh it had kind of made a full circle came back around again and and the gentleman uh spoke up again and he he said well uh I'm, I'm gonna tell my bishop and that was about all I could handle I turned around and looked at him and pointed my finger in, at him, and I said, Let me tell you something. The man you're talking about is not the bishop. Right. He kind of looked at me like, Do you know who you're talking to? I said, He is not the bishop. I said, Because a bishop has spiritual authority and dominion. And I said, God has ordained spiritual authority in the city of Frankfort and Clinton County and it doesn't belong to some gang out of Chicago or Ohio and it doesn't belong to some authority from somewhere else but let me tell you sir that spiritual authority does not come from Satan himself for Satan knelt at the feet of Jesus and said he believed in one God and the Bible said that he trembled let me tell you something sir there is a stronghold in our city that was broken and there is nobody no imposter by by any slogan or logo a bishop going to come riding into our city or into our community and reestablish authority because there's about 250 people that will war against them in prayer and we will seek the face of God that he will bring down that stronghold that person looked at me kind of smirked and he said well I live in the real world and I said no the spirit world is the real world and what you are telling me that you are about to set up, I'm telling you that God is going to bring it down in the name of Jesus. Christian Life Church, I'm calling our prayer warriors to the next seven days of apostolic prayer against drugs, against prostitution, against gangs. That's right. It's right here where we are. But I refuse to sit down, sit idly by, have great church on Sunday, build a church on state road 28 and give them authority over the lower income neighborhoods of our city we have authority and it's in the name of Jesus oh somebody give the Lord praise today I want you to know something. Spiritual authority didn't come cheap. It didn't come easy. Because I'm preaching this morning to a group of people that for the last seven years, that at the beginning of every year for 40 days, we have, issued, we have stepped into a zone of prayer and fasting. And it was in one such prayer meeting that was about 40 days in when God granted spiritual authority and began to break down some strongholds. And there were some of you in the prayer meeting when prophecies began to come forth that God was sending revival to the city. And we look around and look in this room today and see people that are sitting here today that weren't here when we started those prayer meetings seven years ago. It's not based on a good music program. It's not based on a good choir. It's not based on good programming and we had a blast last night down in Indianapolis but it is based on prayer and fasting because there is nothing that can stand against this church even the gates of hell cannot stand against the church of the living God when we are prayed up and we are fasted up and we are trusting God nothing can come against us that will not be defeated. The issue. <laughs> Three weeks ago, I think it was Labor Day weekend. We didn't have an evening service. We went to Indian. We went to Lafayette, but the Danny sister Cheryl, my wife, and I took brother and sister Mitchell, and we went to Indianapolis. Uh, we went to Lafayette. Took them to dinner. The gentleman that we knew in the city came. I think I've already shared this story one time. So I'll be brief with it. A gentleman from the city came, sat sat at a table next to us, and as soon as he saw us sitting there, he jumped up from the table, moved his chair over to where we were. And he said, I got a question for you. He said, "I, I see good things happening in your church. And the next thing was, he said, I have a question for you. He said, while every other denomination in our region is in decline, And he started calling denominational names. And he said, this church is closing. And that church is closing. And this church is in decline. And the church where I attend used to have 250 members. And now we're down to about 50 or 60 members. And he said, what is it that makes your church different? Brother Mitchell looked across the table at me. And it was one of those moments that you knew that a man did not say, thus saith the Lord, but an elder had spoken. And he looked at me. And he said, get ready to answer that question over and over again. Two or three weeks later, my wife and I sit in a meeting and two ladies looked at us and said, while churches all around are in decline, what is it that makes your church different? Immediately, I remembered Brother Mitchell said, get ready. You're going to answer that question over and over again. But I really didn't have an answer. I didn't really know what it was until about 72 hours ago or less. In the last three days, the Lord has revealed to me the difference. The difference is in authority and it is in the unwillingness to sell out what has been handed to us. I wasn't here. I wasn't even alive in the formidable years of this church. I wasn't there when Sunday school classes were happening under, under trees and on front porches and church was happening in a living room. I wasn't there. I wasn't there, but there has been some tradition that's been handed to me. And I don't just mean tradition, but there is some apostolic doctrine that has been handed to me. I wasn't there when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, but I still believe it because I wasn't crucified. I wasn't beheaded. I wasn't killed with the early apostles. I was—I didn't lose my life. I didn't grow up in the era when, tents, when tent meetings happened and they were cutting the tent ropes. I wasn't there when rotten tomatoes were thrown at preachers that were preaching in brush art. Harbors and street meetings. I never lived through that era. I've had some things handed to me, and I refuse to be a spoiled preacher that stands in the pulpit and said, We'll sell out for a crowd. We'll sell out for whatever you've got to offer. I'll trade you for something better. But I come this morning to tell you that we are not selling out. We are standing on apostolic truth, standing on the word of God, standing for holiness and righteousness standing for Jesus name baptism standing for the infilling of the Holy Ghost oh if you're going to stand why don't you put your hands together and give the Lord a shout of praise today hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah.
1: hallelujah.
0: hallelujah. Woo! Right. Give me just a minute. I won't be much longer. I'm going to tell you how you take every mountain that you face. You take it one step at a time. One stone at a time. One altar call at a time. One hallelujah at a time. But I'm also going to tell you how A church loses what we have. One step at a time. One altar call at a time. One missed prayer meeting at a time. One overlooked worship service. And the spirit of God begins to move. And we refuse to worship because we're tired. And we forget that there is a warfare going on in the atmosphere. There is a warfare going on in this region. And while we feel like everything is well, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes in the dark room of some bar room somewhere where people are planning an attack upon our children are planning an attack upon our young people, are t- are planning an attack upon our unborn that have not yet faced. They're going to create something that, that, that we've never had to experience before. i am come today to tell you that I refuse to sell out. This territory belongs to us. This vineyard belongs to me. God has given this vineyard to me and I'm not selling out to some evil authority. I'm not selling out to some evil person power. I'm not selling out to some false leader but I'm going to put my feet on the ground, look the devil in the eye and say get behind me Satan because we're not building a church just to be able to say look what we're building but we're building a building that we're able to house the next wave of revival because we're not stopping where we are but we're going to take over this city with Jesus name baptism and the infilling of the Holy coast. Our prayer will push the enemy out of this region of Indiana. If we have to do it we'll do it by force in the name of Jesus. I don't need a weapon. I don't need a gun in my hand. All I need is a name that is above every name. I'm not giving up this altar call. I'm not giving up one tonight. I'm not giving up this opportunity to worship God. No, no, no I'm not losing but I'm taking territory in the name of the lord in the name of the lord in the name of the lord stand with me all over this room today there is a world that is lost and dying around us today and here we are in the presence of god i wonder how many in this room this morning realize that if we're not careful we're going to lose territory we're going to let some things come in we're going to trade some good things for some things that are promised to be better but they're not better we're going to hold on to the old past We're going to stand on this truth. We're going to stand on this doctrine in the name of the Lord. If I've spoken to your heart this morning, why don't you fill up these altars for the next few minutes. If you're not walking in complete victory with the Lord, today you ought to walk in complete victory with the Lord. I refuse to give up what God has given me. I refuse to walk away from what my grandfather and my grandmother gave me. I refuse to walk away from this wonderful truth the truth that God has given me, I own this ground and I will claim it. Come on, cry out to the Lord this morning. Oh, let's do war in the Holy Ghost
1: today. Do war in the Spirit to today. the name of Jesus. Oh, Shout out the name of the Lord. I'm not ashamed ashamed to to worship worship the name of Jesus. 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 I'm not ashamed. Shout out your name, Jesus. Jesus. The Lord, go today—not for sale. I'm, I'm taking
0: territory. I'm taking territory Lord. this morning. I'm taking it by
1: faith. I'm taking it through prayer. I'm, I'm taking it through worship. worship I'm taking today. the ground. Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I'm, not I'm not ashamed. Shout out your name, Jesus. You, I'm not afraid, I'm not, afraid, not a shame. Lord, I'm gonna dance for you. Lord, I'm gonna sing for you. Lord, I'm gonna worship you. I'm not afraid, I'm not ashamed. Lord, I'm gonna dance for you. Lord, I'm gonna sing for you. Lord, I'm gonna worship you. I'm not afraid, I'm not ashamed. Nothing's gonna hinder me. Nothing's gonna silence me. shut it out if you believe. I'm not afraid, I'm not ashamed. Nothing's gonna hinder. Gonna silence mess- me, shout it out if you believe in me. Not not gonna hit me. gonna silence me. Shout it out if you believe that be me. If not afraid, gonna me. If it's gonna silence me. Shout it out if you believe in Not shame. ashamed. gonna hinder me. it's gonna Gonna hit the Nothing's it's gonna silence me, Shining out a few believe I'm not afraid of my shame. If it's gonna hit me. Nothing's it's gonna silence me, Shining out if you believe I'm not afraid of my shame. If it's gonna hit me. Nothing's gonna silence me, Shining out a few believe I'm not afraid of my shame. If it's gonna hit me. Nothing's if it's gonna silence. Shine and if you believe, not a pain, not a shame. Nothing's gonna hinder me. Nothing's gonna silence me. Shine and if you believe, not a pain, not a shame. Nothing's gonna hinder me. Nothing's gonna silence me. Shouldn't
0: To reach over brother to brother, sister to sister, lay a hand on a shoulder, take them by the hand, whatever that you can do to link, a, link your faith with them right now. We're going to pray one for another today. We're rising up as a mighty army of the Lord. We're taking territory that we're never going to give back in the name of Jesus. I want you to pray strength and help over your brother, over your sister, whatever they may face, whatever they may go through. Pray that the Lord will give them strength, grant them courage to know they're not standing alone. We're not alone in this battle. We're not by ourselves in this battle. Our brothers and sisters are fighting with us. They're fighting their own battles. We're going to help them fight. On the days that we're fighting, they're going to help us fight. But we're clinging to the Lord. We're holding together. Fighting in the name of the Lord. Taking territory in the name of Jesus.
1: Oh,
0: yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. We've got to have one another. We've got to strengthen one another. i